Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Today on the Winning Edge podcast, we're joined by our NBA expert analyst, Anthony Hatzer. G'day, Anthony. How are you? Good, mate. Just counting down till the uh, start of the season. We're inside the final week before it all kicks off on Wednesday. Awesome. Yeah, can't wait, mate. Um, before we get too far into it, tell us all about your background and your journey in betting and in particular how you became to be involved in betting on the basketball. Yep, I'll try not bore uh, too many people. But um, basically, I'd say my journey in betting started about 2010, 2011, and it was actually through horse racing. So horse racing was probably my first true uh, delve into the betting world, and it still plays a, a big part in my own personal betting. But um the way sort of learning around horse racing, the sort of the detail, the data and things like form, sectionals, speed maps, and I think learning about all of that sort of reflects in the NBA where it becomes so much about heavily statistical and little sort of edges that you can find and develop to sort of create a method that will hopefully work long term. So NBA betting personally only really started for me I'd say 2016, early 2016 was when I first started to take an interest. But at the time, it was in a very small way. I was doing tiny stakes, just sort of finding my feet and sort of seeing how the basketball could uh, be like another weapon in my arsenal in terms of my own personal betting. And it wasn't until about the 2018 season that I thought that I'd take it really seriously, do as much research, deep dive and keeping up with the day-to-day cycle that can be a brutal NBA year. And through some tried methods, some losing, some winning, as we all do, my personal edge came through just head-to-head in line markets. I tried my best with total points and to another extent player props, which will play a big big part of my own betting. It's not as nowhere near as big as the uh, head-to-head in the lines, but head-to-head in line betting is where I have been able to work a nice edge over the last four years. And I'd say besides the 2020 bubble, which in hindsight was playing with a bit of dynamite, probably something I shouldn't have been involved with, um, uh, it's been a pretty successful four years and counting. And you've been involved with Winning Edge for a couple of years now? Yeah, so I I started actually on the Backer Winner website uh, at the end of 2020, start of 2021, and... Um, things were going really well and we soon transferred over to Winning Edge at the not too long into the 2021 year and uh, it's been a pretty successful journey the whole way through. The two seasons that I've been a part of have probably been a bit different in the way they've worked out. The first season, uh, the 21 season, was a really su- successful uh, regular season and the playoffs were a bit of a, a battle, whereas last year... It was a bit of a grind through the year and uh, we were able to cap off a tough season with a really great result with uh, Golden State not only winning the West but uh, taking out the championship. So um, 
Uh, talk us through last season. Where, where did you come to to, to identify uh, the Warriors bet? So yeah, last season, like I said, it was a bit of a roller coaster. It was a grind. Um, we started pretty well. Um, we hit a bit of a flat spot uh, in early November, and it probably wasn't until the new year that things really started uh, going in our favour. And it was probably about three to four weeks into the season that Golden State really caught my eye. Um, at the time, Draymond Green was playing like a defensive player of the year favourite. Steph Curry was going crazy and just simply couldn't be stopped. And they were doing all this with an all-star in Clay Thompson still to come back. And the Golden State depth off the bench was just immense. Their, their bench players, when they would come in, were just performing to an extremely high standard. And they were a team, I thought, if they can do all of this and Clay Thompson still to come back and someone like Andrew Wiggins, who has been a bit of a NBA myth, was playing at an all-star level, uh, they were a team that I really really wanted to keep on side and then Clay did come back and he probably was struggling a bit to start but what I sort of uh, worked out with Golden State was that their best performance uh, offensively defensively and through the bench was better than every everyone else's they just really weren't showing it at the start of 2022 they did get a bit of a favorable run with uh, getting Denver first up uh, probably a weak Denver side that had injuries and then um Obviously, Phoenix sort of let everyone down and they got a nice run through Dallas and Boston in the finals was probably a great matchup for them because some of those other teams, I think they might have struggled, especially the uh, Bucks and Nets. So, yeah, a bit, of, a bit of fortune with the Warriors, but it was something that was, yeah, identified probably the, about a month into the season that, geez, these guys are doing some really good things with a superstar to come back. What, what price did you get for them? Uh, so we were able to back the Warriors going into the playoffs at $9.50. Um, and that's kind of a price that was pretty consistent throughout the year. I think at one point they got into as low as $5, but they did have that 2022 slump and Phoenix were looking incredible. So, yeah, personally, I, I got a little bit of $12 in November for very small, but then that $9.50 and $5 to win the West were the were the two prices that um, we're able to get yep, a yep. really good result out of. Nice price. Um, have you had a look at how you think they might go this year? Um, well, I thought they were kind of ready to do it all again, but um, there's been some rumblings, the whole Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole square <laughs> in the face at practice. Um, not ideal. not the greatest leader, <laughs> especially when uh, Jordan Poole's sixth man of the year was something that um, we were really, I was really looking at as a future to sort of sit on for the year. But, I'm not sure how getting punched in the face sort of helps uh, going forward for the next uh, nine-odd months. But I think the Warriors, they'll still be there again, but they have lost a lot of their depth. Um, A few guys have sort of gone and chased the bag, as they say in the States, as the cool kids say. And uh, while they've still got the elite starting five, um, I'm not sure they're a rightful favourite right now. Yep, yep. So tell us about um, your approach and the, the data you look for to use when you identify those bets. Yeah, so for me, um, one of my biggest things with the NBA is I need to know who who is out there. And it's sort of one of the reasons that the service that we do through, I do through Winning Edge, it's not a send it out at 9am and see it later. Um, it is normally tips that come through once the final court, um, the final lineup on the court is confirmed because who's actually out there in a, when you've only got five on a court and how they match up against the opposition is it's super important. It's the absolute A1 piece. So 
that's where the sort of um, I like to start with. And then I'll also take into consideration, say, where the market's moving, how does the schedule uh, suit? So is it a team coming off a back-to-back? Is it a team on a long homestand? Uh, a lot of situational things come into play where I'm able to identify sort of this is a good spot for this team, even if said team is not one of the better uh, championship contenders. And also sort of keeping an eye on trends. Like last year, one of the well, probably the two great things to come out of early last season was we were, I was able to identify Memphis Grizzlies were a team that were really exceeding expectation. They were they were not only winning, but they were covering lines in droves. And I think uh, statistically, they were one of the best covering teams in the last 20-odd years. So not only would they win, they would cover lines. And even when they lose, they were still keeping it with, uh, I guess, over-expectation. And then other niche things, some teams are just say, much better at home. Like the Chicago Bulls last year were just an elite home team, but they couldn't travel. So um, you sort of put all this into consideration and um, this, you put all that with, say, what the line is. And I have sort of a, a small method, which I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to sort of show how the sausage <laughs> is made. But, um, but, yeah, the line, the final number on the game, is kind of the bail and end all because everything can add up. But if that number, if that team is a six point favorite and I think it's more like a four point, I simply can't send that out even if everything else ticks the box. So get your matchups in line, get the situation in line, and then also what the number on the game is. Does it suit where I want it to be? Do you find there's much movement in the markets from you know the, the early prices to when they put out a starting five? Uh, towards the end of the season, it does get crazy. And that's one of the things with uh, the last two seasons that I have done, and I will do it again, that in the last two, two and a half weeks of the regular season, when it becomes chaos of who's actually going to be playing, uh, I just shut up shop for a bit and let sort of the final, each team's like last three to four games play out like that. But for the most part, the lines are pretty solid, but a point here and two points there can make all the difference, um, especially when looking where, because a three... And a three and a half could be the difference between cover, uh, between getting your money back and also collecting. So, what kind of bets can the punters expect be, expect from the service, um, and why do you focus on these type of bets? So, it'll be much the same as the last two seasons. I'm really going to be uh, all into head to heads and lines. It is where I've got the biggest edge. I think I've I've tried the total points, um, tried some things with unders and overs there. It just it's not for me and player props can be a bit hard to sort of send out because they're the ones that can move really quickly because you could have a player in for twenty three and a half points and and the more efficient score is out and then before you know it that guy's now at a twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, so yeah. we'll be we'll be super focused on just head to heads and, and lines. Uh and it's been a pretty good method for the last two seasons. So let's go back to the well. Yep, nice and simple. Um, any futures bets this year, do you think? I think so. I think um, when it's all said and done in the regular season, we'll definitely look at, again, um, seeing if there is any opportunities because last year's two futures were... Um, we had the Warriors, obviously, which was um, probably no matter the price, I was I was pretty keen to tip into the Warriors, but then we also had the Miami Heat. Um, a lot of last year's subscribers will remember that we were one Jimmy Butler last point three last uh, last minute uh, three point shot away from having both our futures in the finals, but 
Miami, again, while I didn't rate them as the number one team in, team in the East, their price was simply just too big. They were $13, $14 going into the playoffs and about $6 to win the East. So even though I had, I had probably Boston and Milwaukee and even Brooklyn ahead of them, they were just exorbitantly over, overpriced. So, yeah, we'll be looking at teams that are sort of really at a, in a championship tilt and also those that are just simply over the odds. How do you sort of assess a team's uh, form in the early stages? Do you need to give it a couple of weeks or a couple of months? How does it work? Absolutely. Um, I I won't take an opinion until about each team's had about 10 games. Yep. Uh, and I don't want to go in with too many. I've got sort of, which we'll touch on later, just some teams on sort of buying, holding and selling. But uh, I don't want to make an opinion on any team until we've seen like enough of a sample because a lot of teams early are still working things out, especially with some of these sort of lower end teams um, with their sort of rookie players, how that's going to look. Are they going to get the serious minutes that they um, sort of deserve or are they going to be sort of held back with sort of a future state in mind? So early, early doors, October and November form, we don't want to breed into it too much, but going into Christmas and especially the new year, that's when sort of the contenders will start uh, running away from the pack. Yep. All right. Um, give us your assessment of how the season might play out. Uh, a few of the teams to watch, players to watch, um, teams which might flop, teams which might surprise. Yeah, so I sort of did it in a buy, buy hold and sell, probably as simple. I think this year, this season is really, it's shaping up as, there's probably only a handful of contenders that are really in a championship window. Um, if you look at the other big American sport in the NFL, they probably came into a season with maybe 11 or 12 teams that could seriously win a Super Bowl. I think the NBA is about half that. I think there's probably maybe five, six teams that are really championship contenders, and there's a lot that are sort of just playing for the paycheck um, just to go around. So. The teams I have sort of as a buy and teams I'll be really looking to be tipping um, provided the values there, of course, probably the number one is Brooklyn. I think Ben Simmons, obviously he's had his troubles, but he looks to be a huge addition because he doesn't really need a shoot and he can just sort of be the elite defender that he is and control the point when he's got guys like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant running the show there and even a big guy, a young big guy like Nick Claxton has been really great in the preseason. He's someone I sort of was looking at last year as a serious player, and I think he's also ready to take the next step. Are you saying that Ben Simmons is back, or is he uh, on hold? Ben, Sim- ben, ben Simmons is on hold, but the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets are a buy. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, want to see Ben start taking over things again because yeah. he absolutely has all the talent in the world. Probably mentally might not be there, but I think getting to Brooklyn – when he all he needs to be is an elite defender and just fix up his free throw shooting because he's got so many other guys there that can do the job of actually scoring the points. So Brooklyn's definitely won. The Clippers, um, the Clippers are probably what I consider the deepest roster in the NBA. Um, they just bat so deep from one all the way down to fourteen. Um, and the addition of John Wall could be a masterstroke. He probably hasn't played in a while. It's just been another one collecting a paycheck, but. The Clippers have really built a roster that they're going to load manage heavy. So I don't expect them. They're, they're a type of team I wouldn't be backing to finish like a number one or two seed in the West. But come playoffs, I think they're going to be a team to be reckoned with if they're all healthy uh, come then. So they're probably my two main ones. And then two smaller buys, uh, the Denver Nuggets. 
Um, a lot of subscribers probably remember last year, Denver caused us a lot of heartache, the amount of times we backed them and they uh, didn't deliver. But Jamal Murray is a massive return from uh, his knee injury to sort of give um, Yoki to chop out and even Porter Jr., who can be absolutely lethal, uh, can also be ice cold. But I think Denver is really shaping up as a team that could really push for a one and two seed uh, in the West. And then also the New Orleans Pelicans, Zion. Zion's all I need to say there. That um, He could go down as a top 10 all time by the end of it. Um, and everything they've built around that team with the experience of McCollum, the youth of Ingram, who's like a mini Kevin Durant, and then some young guys like Trey Murphy who are ready to explode. New Orleans, they're a bit defensively concerning, but I think they're going to be a team we'll be really looking at uh, most of the year. Um, just a couple of teams in the middle, uh, Milwaukee and the Warriors. Um, Milwaukee, there's some issues, just no Middleton early, early days is a small concern, and I'm not sure that after last year's playoffs, they can reinvent the wheel. I'm certainly not ruling any team with Giannis out, but I'm not loving especially their early season outright price. And like I said earlier with the Warriors, they're still elite through the starting five, but can Andrew Wiggins be that guy again and do they have the depth um, that they um, are obviously now missing? And then a couple of sell teams um, that I sort of expect to drop off a bit, probably not going to shock anyone, but Phoenix... Um, probably one of the biggest meltdowns in playoff history that I've seen in recent times. Um, even with Chris Paul playing at such an elite level, guys like Devin Booker probably really didn't show up um, when counted on, and especially as a number one seed, they sort of had everything in front of them, and it did go that bad, and I'm not sure they'll be able to sort of back up the last couple of seasons and then... Uh, probably the last team there, Miami. Miami was a team, obviously, we were riding with last year, but um, I think they sort of missed their opportunity and now I'm not sure Jimmy Butler can also do that again. But, um, yeah, they're probably the two teams that I'll maybe see a, a drop off this year. Awesome, mate. Uh, brilliant analysis there. I hope you're right with the with the Nets. It would be good to see... As much as he's a maligned figure, it'd be good to see Simmons um, showcase his talent out there. Um, we all know he's got big talent and, yeah, it just hasn't been the right environment, I guess. But, um, yeah, inter- interesting to see what he does this year. I think, yeah, I think he's just a great fit to that Brooklyn team. And um, I think he'll be back to his best. Maybe not straight away, but but once he starts getting his groove, groove back, it'll take probably 10, 15 games of consistency. But, yeah, I think the Nets are really really probably the true favourite, in my humble opinion, along with the Clippers. Awesome, mate. Looking forward to the start of the season and looking forward to your bets coming through and um, good luck for another winning season, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. Thanks for chatting. All right. Thanks, Anthony. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye. Awesome. Cheers, mate. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options. 
Make your choice and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.